stops working. Even when you don't feel him, you may be seated. Even when you don't feel him, he is working. And we feel like when we don't feel God, he's not working. But you know what? If you read the story of Elijah, it says the earthquake came. See, it wasn't in the earthquake. The wind came. He wasn't in the wind. The fire came. He wasn't in the fire. He was in a whisper. Earth, wind, and fire came. Right? That's where I guess where he got the name from, right? But earth, wind, and fire came. And he says, I'm not in that. Now, now look, I'm not saying God's not in the shout. He is. But if you put all your stock in the shout, you put all your stock in the emotion. When you don't feel the emotion, you don't feel the shout, you feel like God's left you. But when you learn the truth that God is a still, small voice, when you don't feel his presence, you can know that he's still there. And he's a way maker today. If you need a way maker, he's here for you today. If you need a promise keeper, he's here today. And I want you to know he's never going to stop working for you. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, praise God. I, I got a little message for you right here I want to share with you. called Wake Me Up Before You Go. That's right. I thought about that song when I did it. I was like, wake me up before you go, go, right? Um, but uh, it's, not, it's not about that song. I'm talking about before God goes, before he leaves us. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we have the spirit of God in us, and we, we have to have a fire burning, right? And the thing is, is once, when sometimes that, that fire starts burning, I mean, it stops burning, it seems like, and we just have a little kindle. And, we, and, this, and my title of my message is referring to God. Listen, don't leave me. Just like David said, don't let your spirit leave me. In other words, hey, wake me up. Wake me up. If, don't, don't leave. Before you go, Lord, wake me up and give me this opportunity. And today God wants to give somebody in here an opportunity to be woken up out of the slumber that you're, the spiritual slumber that you're in. I know we're talking about re revival around here and God's moving, man. This is, I mean, you can't get much better than his worship team. Good gracious. They are amazing. Man. Praise God. But, but you know, but, but, you know just, you know, if you're like me, you know, you tend to, once you, once you eat a lot of food, you tend to doze off and get sleepy, right? Anybody besides, okay, I ain't got it. I guess that was the answer. Everybody started laughing, right? Or you're laughing because, hey, listen, I'm trying. But, but, um, but just, you know, we get stuffed and we get lazy and we get, we get somber and we get sleepy. And we sometimes, you ever call it a, a, a food coma, right? You know, so, so here's, here's the thing. Um, uh, whenever the, spirit, the spiritual happens the same way. Sometimes when we get in the spirit realm, uh, we, we feed ourselves and we get stuffed with too much of the world rather than the stuff of God. When you stuff yourself with God, it ignites the fire. It fires the fire. It pours gasoline on the fire, and it pumps you up. It gets you to the place where you need to be. And, and, and when, you pour, when you get stuffed with God, it, it motivates you. But when you get stuffed with the world, it drags you down. It stops you. It puts you in a slumber. It puts you in a spiritual comatose. And you need life support at that point. You know, we get to the place where we get complacent and comfortable. We get, we get satisfied with just being saved. I'm on my way to heaven, and that's good enough. I don't have to tell nobody about it. I ain't got to share the gospel with nobody. The Bible says go to the highways and, and, and be witnesses. Go to the highways and the hedges. I think it's going to be my final scripture, but it says go to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come. We're supposed to go out and get people and bring them in. It breaks my heart any Sunday, and it's not just a church, any church I've ever been in from my first day of ministry. Anytime there's an empty seat, it breaks my heart because there's somebody in this city that's going to, that's going to hell that's not hearing the gospel today. And I'm doing my best. I'm, I'm inviting everybody I can all week long. You know, I want you to invite somebody, so I'm trying to lead by example. I'm, I'm inviting everybody I can see, everybody I know, everybody I come in contact with. To, hey, why don't you come to church? Give, why don't you come and, and experience what God has for you? 
if they're, if they're not going to another church, obviously. But, but, but it's like, just like what happens is, it's like new Christians, they get on fire, but if you don't stay in the fire, what happens? You get lukewarm, right? And whenever you get lukewarm and you get out of the spirit and you get lukewarm, what happens when you get warm and cozy? You go to sleep, right? And that's what happens to us. We get into a sleep, we get into slumber. And, and when we're not alert, we're not sober-minded, we're not prepared, Satan comes in like a thief to rob what God has and God has given us. And he will rob it. And, and when you get weary and you get, you get fearful and you get doubtful and you start getting in this place where you're still a Christian but, but you're just not on fire like it used to be, the enemy wants to come and steal those, the, the kindling that's in there. He wants to steal the, 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 the little bit of wood that you have left that's keeping the fire going. And he wants to pull it out and he wants to cause you to go to sleep. He wants to turn the lights out. Because sometimes all you got is just a fire inside, right? Amen. Sometimes on the outside, it just ain't there. You just, you, your flesh is weak. Your flesh is weak, right? And sometimes you're like, I just, I just, I'm done. You're just exhausted physically, spiritually. But, but that fire inside continues to burn. And the devil wants to take that fire because if he can take that little bit of fire, that little flame, that little flicker inside there, then he's got you. You're done, son. It's over, right? John 10 and 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes to bring life and life more abundantly. But it makes me so mad when I hear of Christians blaming God for things. God took this person. God did this right here. Let me, let's read what John says. The thief, the enemy, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come to bring life and life more abundantly. Why are we blaming God when the enemy is the one doing all the destruction? The enemy is the Lord of this world and, and of, of this earth. And so why are we blaming God for things that the enemy is bringing? Right? God says, look here, you're going to go through things. Things are going to happen. You're in this world. There's sin in this world. Because there's sin in this world, bad things are going to happen. Because Adam and Eve screwed up in the garden way back in the day, that, that started a virus in the system. And there's a virus out there, and it's called sin, and it's going to eat you alive. And it's going to hurt. It's going to kill. It's going to destroy. It's going to do all kinds of things. But God says, when that comes to your house, I will be there for you. I will love you. I will restore you. I'll never stop working for you. I'll be your way maker, your miracle worker, your promise keeper, and I'll never stop. You just come to me. But we get Christians that, 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 that blame God for everything. James 4 and 6, 7 says, says, Submit yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee. That's a problem. Sometimes, you know, uh, uh, people, they resist the devil, and he doesn't flee. They're like, hey, Pastor Doug, I've been resisting the devil, but he's not going nowhere. I said, but are you submitted to God? Have you submitted your life to God? Have you committed and surrendered your life to God? Well, no. Well, you can't resist without submitting. Submit yourselves and then resist and he'll flee. Let me tell you what Romans, I mean, uh, uh, Revelations 2, 2 and 3 says. I know all the things that you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know that you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those people who say that they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. And right there, if you just stop right there, you think, well, this is a pretty good person. They're doing good. They're doing lots of good things. Well, what's, what does it say in the next verse about that? But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or any, each other like you did at first you're doing all this great stuff you're recognizing you're seeing this you're, you're staying away from evil people but you don't love me you've lost your love for me look at how far you have fallen see we fall we, we start falling from grace and, we, and, it's, and it's like that song says it's a slow fade 
You know, you just don't fall off the ship into the water. It's a, it's, it's a gentle, a little bit at a time, and you, you, you quit praying, you quit reading your Bible, you quit coming to church, you quit being committed, you quit serving, and before long you're way over here, and you're like, what happened to me? Why am I so far away all of a sudden? Look how far. Turn me back to do the works that you did. Um, turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove the light stand from its place among the churches. But you do have this in your favor. You hate evil, the evil deeds of Nicolaitans, um, just as I do. Romans 13 and 11. This is all more urgent for you, you that you know how late it is. Time is running out. And, if you, and y'all, everybody, I don't think there's even non-Christians that don't know that God, God, time's not running out right now with God. Right? Wake up. Wake up. Everybody say, wake up. For your salvation is nearer than you first believed. So remove the dark deeds like dirty clothes. Put on a shining armor of living right. Because um, we belong because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the drunkenness, darkness of the wild parties and drunkenness. Or in sexual promiscuity or immoral living or in quarreling or jealousy. Instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge in evil desires. Um, and I'm just going to let that sp- scripture speak for itself. I want to go right on to, to Luke chapter 21, 34, and 35. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and cares of life. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. If we're not careful, our hearts can get weighted down by the troubles and the trials of this world, the situations in our life that have overcome us, that have, that have that, the dissipation upon our lives. It's just a heaviness, a, a cloak of, 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 of heaviness that will be upon us. And I'm not talking about the kabod, the heavy weight of glory of God. I'm talking about a cloak of just heaviness, depression, fear, anxiety will come upon us. Spiritual slumber will affect, affect individuals differently. And Paul talks about all the churches um, in Ephesians and Corinthians and Romans and Thessalonians and Colossians. As a matter of fact, the first church, Romans, the Roman church, 13 and 11. Chapter, Romans chapter 13 and 11 at the Roman church. Besides this, you know this time, the time. The hour has come for you to awake from your sleep. For salvation is nearer than you know, than you first believed. He spoke to the Corinthian church, and he said at 1 Corinthians 15, 34, Wake up from your drunken stupor as it is right, and do not go on sinning, for it's time for some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. Wake up from your sleep. Wake up from your sin. Ephesians 6, I mean Ephesians 5, 14. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, from your slumber, from your coma. And Christ will shine upon you. He told the Colossian church in Colossians 4 and 2, um, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in the truth of thanksgiving. And then Paul told them in, in the Thessalonica church, in First Thessalonians 5 and 6, So let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Spiritual, spiritual slumber comes to us. And Paul, you see all through Paul, Paul's the, the, the grand master of the, of the New Testament. And he, he's telling us, he told every one of the churches, he's like, hey, listen. He's preaching to all these churches. And he said, listen, wake up. He's told, he told all the churches to wake up. 
He just didn't tell the, the Church of God. He just didn't tell the Pentecostals. He just didn't tell the, the non-denominationals like we are. He didn't tell the Baptists. He didn't tell the Methodists. He didn't tell the Catholics. He told all of them. All y'all got to wake up. All y'all sleep. All y'all got to wake up in Christ. You're allowing the enemy to, to depress you and to bring you down. It's time for you to arise. We don't have much time. There's a harvest out there in our city, and we got to reach them, and we can't reach them if we're, if we're asleep. Because whenever we, whenever we are asleep, we struggle to be, even believe. Whenever you get tired in your flesh, you, you even have struggle to even trust God, to believe what God's Word says. We start to feel drowsy. Whenever you're, you're slumbrous and you're asleep and you're falling away from God, you, you can't even hardly read the Bible. You can't even hardly pray because you all of a sudden want to fall asleep. You don't want to listen to sermons in church. You don't, want to, you don't even want to go to church. You'd rather just stay home and sit in bed and watch the sermon for a few minutes so you can say you were online and then cut it off and go back to sleep. Right? <laughs> Come on now. You know I'm telling the truth. Don't say back in the pandemic you ain't do that now. Come on. Tell the truth and stay in the church. Stay safe. But our prayer, our prayer our, when we're singing praise and worship songs, we're not worshiping anymore. It slips. It's karaoke. Our worship becomes karaoke because we're just singing songs. We have no heart behind it, no meaning before it. We're just reading the words on the screen. My God. We feel disconnected from God. Church isn't a priority anymore. You know, we, we, we quit serving in the church. We quit, we quit coming to church. We quit, quit believing in the church. And we quit, quit uh, volunteering in the church. We lack passion for God, His kingdom, and His will. And we're stuck in our fleshly patterns of this world. We're emotionally unconscious and we're in a spiritual coma. We can't even feel our emotions anymore. And when we're unable to, we're unable to think clearly during, during conflicts and stuff like that, normally you, the Holy Spirit will convict you, but you're so slumber and you're so, so, so weak in your mind and you, you separated yourself from God that when something happens in a conflict, you just go off. You just go off and you say things you shouldn't say. You act the way you shouldn't act. We're unable to think clearly. We walk in doubt and fear. And we're asleep. <laughs> God gave me this last night, and I just loved it. It just fired me up, man. But, he, I, but, but what, I was, what, what he gave me last night was, he says, you know, we, we're talking about being sleepy, right? But he says, I stand at the door and knock. Okay, but we sleep inside. If you'll open it, go in. No, you don't know it because he's knocking. But you're, you're, you're so far away from the door that you don't even know that he's knocking. And he's like, hey, I want, I want to come in. Come on now. And when you're asleep, when you're asleep, you can't see because your eyes are closed. And when you're spiritually asleep, you can't see what God's doing in the spirit. And when you're asleep, you can't think because you're sleeping. And how many knows whenever you, you can't think when you're sleeping? So therefore, we have all these crazy dreams. Because the enemy tries to get in our mind, and well, sometimes it's a pizza, but sometimes it's the enemy in our mind praying, praying on us. And, uh, 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 you know, an idle mind is the enemy's playground. He loves to come to us whenever we're not thinking and we're sleeping. If, that's why the Bible says renew your mind, because if you don't renew your mind and you, and you, you go to sleep with all this fear, all this anxiety, that's, that's the spirit of the enemy. So therefore, the spirit is control of your mind when you go to sleep, dear God. 
That's why you dream these bad dreams. That's why you got nightmares. That's why, because you, you go to sleep rather than renewing your mind before you go to bed. Rather than saying, God, help my mind. God, Lord, touch my mind. I renew my mind. God, I submit to you, God. It, just literally say this. God, I pray that you protect my mind. Send angels to protect my mind as I sleep tonight, God. Let me sleep in heavenly peace as baby Jesus did. Let me sleep with the shalom peace of God. But you're not prepared to fight because you're asleep in the house, in the back, in your PJs. And the enemy's coming, and he's already been ready. He's already jacked up. He's already fired up. He's ready to go. And you're like, what you want? And we say what you want because we're so familiar with him. Rather than saying, oh, I recognize you. You're the enemy. We need to let God wake within us and turn up. We need to turn up our affection towards him. We need to turn up our affection towards him. If you got a spouse... What you, you, want, you, want, you want to show more love. You do more things for them. You love for them. You care for them. I'm not talking about doing things in the flesh. I'm talking about our worship, our words to him. Draw close. The Bible says draw close to him, and he'll draw close to you, right? I said it several weeks ago. God responds to us. We don't respond to God. We think that we come to church, God falls down, and we respond. No. We give praises up. God says, I will inhabit the praises of my people. I'll come down. You send it up, I'll come it down. The scripture says, you, I'll, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. He responds to us based on how hungry you are. If you take a little step, well, he'll take a little step. But if you go running, y'all going to smash in the spirit. Now, you may say, but Pastor Doug, I can't be like you. You all the time fired up. No, I'm not. You need to ask, you need to ask somebody, or you ask my wife, ask my kids, ask Pastor Kevin or Cynthia, or Craig, or, or Blake, or, or any, uh, Cynthia, any of the leaders, they ask them, they'll tell you, he ain't, no, he ain't always like that. <laughs> you know, when I'm up here, I'm fired up. I was very sleepy today. You know, I had a long conference, I missed a flight, and had to sleep at the motel and get up at the crack, the crack of dawn, and, and I don't do that very often, and so, I, and so I'm exhausted today. But, but the thing is, is that there's a fire in me today. And the anointing breaks the yoke, and the anointing makes a difference. And so right now, you're seeing a little piece of my, you're seeing a piece of, of, of my, little, my little movie that I have of my life. But when you, if you see me in about, a, about an hour from now, I'll be in bed. Okay? I ain't going to be no fired up. I'm going to be asleep. Not a spiritual slumber, because I'm going to sleep in heavenly peace. Right? Don't get me wrong. I don't want to mix this story up here. But I get depressed. I get defeated. I get down. I get hurt. I have pain. But I trust God, and I overcome it. I give it to God. I cast my cares upon God, and he cares for me. I, there was times in my life where I got hurt, and I wallowed in it, and I, and I was abused and hurt, and, and had all these things happen. But I, but I could not stay there. I had a choice to stay there and let the enemy win, or I had to move on and trust God. And it took a long time and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things in my life, a lot of hurts and pains in my life. It didn't go away right away. Sometimes it took... Weeks, months, sometimes years, sometimes decades before I was over stuff. But God doesn't care that you do it right away. When it comes to forgiveness, and I said this before, but I feel led to say it again. When it comes to forgiveness, God doesn't care that, you, that, 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 that if you can forgive right now. What are you talking about? You've got to forgive or, you, or he said he won't forgive you. Absolutely. But all he wants you to do is say, God, I desire to forgive. That's all he wants. And if you have the desire to give, and you continuously have the desire to give, and you strive to forgive, that's all he cares about. You know, the process. Like, just like a Christian. 
Well, I'm saved, but I'm struggling right now, and I got some, I'm struggling, God. But all he cares about is that you're saved, and you're pointed in the right direction. You're struggling as a Christian, but you're still heading toward the cross. You, you, you want to forgive. You haven't forgiven yet, but you're in a process of forgiving. That's all he cares about. If you, if you have the heart of, of forgiveness, and, and you just keep trying, he goes, let me tell you why. The right actions will bring the right emotions. So the more you say, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, and you do that, whether it's your spouse, your friend, whatever, whoever it may be in your life, you, got to, you forgive, you forgive, you forgive, and then the right actions will eventually bring the right emotions because you're a child of God, and God's going to let those two match. And you're like, but hey, Pastor, but I'm in the fire right now. I'm in the fire right now, though. Well, so was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were in the fire. But he'll never stop. He'll never leave you. He's always there. So they, he was in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, well, what, how did that? Well, see, God, God, God he, he's, he's a fire too, right? The, the, one of the words they describe him as, as a fire, right? So fire puts out fire. I guess, I guess Blake, Blake can tell me better than this. But I've seen where if there's a big fire, they'll put a fire on, on the perimeter of it to burn off some stuff. So when the fire gets there, it's already burning. It stops. Is that right, Blake? <laughs> okay, that, that, that didn't sound too confident. But my point is, is that, that Jesus was in there. He's a fire, and he put out that fire around them, and they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. Let me just move on before I, before I misquote something. And, 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 uh. But I don't care what, where you've been, to, you, you know, but, but I love what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. I don't care what happens. If you throw us in that fire and we die, we're not going to bow to your king. And if, we, if God brings us out of the fire and we come out of the fire, we're still not going to bow to your king. And we got to be the same way. And we got to look at the enemy and say, you know what, Satan, devil, even if I'm in a valley, I'm going to praise God. If I'm on a mountain, I'm going to praise God. If I'm on a struggle bus, I'm going to praise God. If I'm going through trials and tribulations, I'm going to praise God. If you try to bring fear and anxiety on me, I'm going tr to trust God. E even though I've been abused and hurt in the past, no, even though I'm not going to be a victim, I'm going to praise God. Even though I've been hurt by church, even though I've been hurt by a member of the church, whatever, I'm going to praise God. It does not matter. I'm going to praise God. Whether I'm rich or, I'm, or I don't got no money, I'm going to praise God. I'm not going to be a victim. You know, no matter what happens, if I'm alone or if I'm in a relationship, I'm going to, I'm going to praise God. But we got to think and know that, that doing the right things will bring the right action, the emotions. Let me just go down here and skip some of this because I know we had, we had took a little extra today for some different things, so I'm going to go down here to the bottom. But here's the deal. We have to spread the love, but what happens is we numb ourselves in response to the emotional pain that we have, and it puts us to sleep. We numb ourselves, and we, 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 we take our emotions, and because somebody hurts us we have this pain in our life we want to have we want we, we we allow ourselves to become numb to emotions we don't want to have feelings no more because when we have feelings it rem remember the pain that we had so therefore we're it's pain and i don't want to have that pain so therefore i'm gonna be numb to my feelings but whenever you get become numb to your feelings you become numb to the presence of god as well you cut off your feelings you don't want to feel you become a hard-hearted and then when god's trying to move you cut your emotions off you cut your feelings off and you can't even feel god move hardly and it's distracting. And sometimes we don't just, we don't do that. Sometimes we, we self-medicate with drugs or alcohol, pornography or sex or, 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 or pills or whatever. Just maybe your work and maybe money, whatever. There's all kinds of different ways that we, we try to medicate ourselves. And then sometimes we have unconfessed sin in our lives that cause us to slumber. And that's just another entry point that the enemy comes. And we, when we don't confess our sin, the, the enemy just holds on to that and just expands it and causes us to be, feel guilty. And we talked about that before, about guilt and shame. 
We try to soothe our guilty conscience by watering down God's word. And what we'll do is, is because we sin and we do stuff, we'll, we'll, look at, we'll look at the word and say, well, that really doesn't apply to me. That's really not what really happened. You know, the devil will make you say, oh, is that really what God says? Is that really what God said? You know, you, I think you're okay. I think you're still good. Right? You know, so how do we, real quick, how do we wake up from, from the slumber? First off, we've got to get rid of the apathy. We've got to get rid of the, oh, I'm fine, I'm satisfied attitude. You know, we've got to be like, like Isaiah um, woe, in 5 and 6 of, of chapter 6. Woe is me, I am undone because I'm a man with unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of unclean people with unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. The one that the seraphim flew to me, ha, th then one of the seraphims flew to me, having his hand in a live coal, um, which he had taken from, um, from the tongs from the altar. We have to be humble. We have to go before God, and we have to say, God, I'm nothing. I'm nobody. We cannot have the spirit of pride. You know, we got to be humble. Being humble is not thinking less of yourself. See, a lot of people think that whenever you, you're humble, it means i got to think less of myself. No, that's insecurity. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So you're thinking of somebody else. You're preferring your, you're loving your neighbor. You're thinking about God. You're thinking about church. You're thinking about others. That's humility. Number two, you know, we got to have the I want more attitude. Jeremiah 29 and 13, we know 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, give you hope in the future, not to harm you, right? 29 13 says, and this is the message, I love this. It says, When you come looking for me, you will find me. So if you're down in the dumps, we shouldn't say, Where's God at? Because he says, if you're going to look for me, you're going to find me. I'm not going to be hidden. I'm, this ain't hide and seek. I'm going to be out in the open. Yes, when you get serious about finding me, and that's the point, some people ain't serious. Where's God? Because they ain't really looked. You know, when you get serious about finding me um, and want me more than anything else, I will make sure that, that you don't get disappointed. God's decree. How powerful is that? It's like the man being dunked on the water. I heard a story of a man being dunked on the water, and he's like, you know, I want to be desperate for God. He goes, you're not desperate for God yet. He goes, yes, I am. He said, come with me. And he got him, and he was a bigger demand, and he shoved him under the water until he almost couldn't breathe, and he pulled him back up, and he gasped for air. And he went back down and held him down again, and he, and he pulled him up, and he gasped for air. He put him down a third time. He, said, he says, you know how bad you wanted air that last time? He said, yeah. He said, when you want God that much, then you're desperate. And we got to get to the place where we're desperate for God. But we're like, God, I would love for you to bless me today if you could. I'm going to church this morning. I would love to feel your presence, you know, you know. And, you know, and, and we're not really, we're not really serious. We don't come to, we don't come through them doors and say, God, man, I'm looking for a blessing. I'm hungry. I need you. My life, is, I'm going through stuff. I'm going through things in my life, and I need you. I'm desperate for you. Being a man, being somebody on fire, it's not in external. You can see somebody that can shout across here and speak in tongues and run to aisles and whatever, and you can see them hollering and screaming, you know, but that does not mean on the inside that the fire is burning. A true man of God that's on fire is internal not external and stay with me just another minute i'll be done to, to real intimacy with god you may find yourself making sacrifices that's not based on eternity you know and this, what, what are you saying well there may be some things in your life that's not sin it's not wrong you're not going to go to hell for it but you're giving it up for god for intimacy reasons God, I love that. I'm, it's kind of like fasting. When you fast, you give up stuff. But in your life, there may be things that you just don't do that everybody else does. As Christians, there's nothing wrong. You're not going to go to hell for it. But you're like, you know what? I'm going to serve God, and I don't want to do, I'm not going to do that. Just because it's just not going to help me spiritually. And when you do that, it's going to draw you closer to God. And number three, we have to become desperate for God and cry out. 
Psalms 34, 6, David said, In my desperation I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. In 2 Samuel, David cried out, and it said the Lord listened. Blind Bartimaeus, I call him Blind Bart. He, was, he cried out, he was blind, and, and as Jesus walked by, he heard him and came and healed him. The man on the roof ripped the roof off, and God heard him and, and healed him. The woman with the issue of blood, and she was so desperate to get to God, and he came behind, and he felt virtue flow from him. That's good. And I want you to know today that wherever you're at, if you're in a slumber, yeah, you go ahead and play something. If you're in a slumber and you feel, you know what, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven, but the enemy has caused all, so much stuff to happen in my life, and I'm in a slumber right now. I am, I'm in a coma. I'm, I'm sleepy. I'm tired, and I need that fire to be rekindled in my heart. Today, God can do that to you, for you, because he is for you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, please? Is there anybody here today say, Pastor Doug, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Talking about being in a coma. I'm not just in a spiritual coma. I'm on my way to hell. Because I don't know Jesus. But I want to be assured of heaven. And I want to make sure my life is right. And I don't know Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. But I want to receive Christ today. And I want him to come into my heart. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you down through the front. We'll just pray together. But if that's you, would you raise your hand and say, I want to receive Christ today. I want Christ to come in my heart. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I backslid, and I want God to come back in my life, or I'm, I don't know Jesus. Amen, amen. Okay. How many would say, Pastor Doug, I am in a spiritual slumber. I, I'm in a coma, or I'm sleepy. I'm spiritually tired, whatever you want, however you want to say it. I'm not committed as I need to be. I just, I just won't. I want to wake up and I want the fire to burn and rage in my heart. And I don't feel that the fire is burning as bright as I want it to be. Amen. Hands are already going up. Anybody at all? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, amen. Hopefully everybody just raised their hand. Why would we not want the fire of God to burn more in us? Unless we are already spiritually asleep. And we don't want it. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for everybody in this room. Thank you for these amazing people, God. It's an honor to serve them as a pastor. Thank you for calling me, God, to do this job because I love what I do, and that's loving on people, caring for people. And I thank you for this message you put on my heart, God, that I, I wanted to go somewhere else in a different direction, Father, but, but even at midnight last night, you were changing things about it. Even at 1 o'clock in the morning, you were changing things about it because whoever's here today needed to hear that. Whether, uh, hopefully they responded by raising their hand, but if they didn't, God, they're in this room, and I pray that you touch them, that you wake them up from their slumber, that you put a fire in their, in their spirit that cannot be contained, that cannot be put out. Those that are dim, I pray that you pour ga your spiritual gasoline on it and let it ignite. God, those that are already burning, Lord, turn it up seven times hotter. God, we're, we, the days are short, God. We've got to reach our city for Christ. We've got to, we've, there's souls that's got to be saved. There's, 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 these seats are empty, God, and we got to receive Christ. we got to reach out to people. There's souls that's going to go to hell if we don't reach them. There's, there's family members that's going to go to hell if we don't reach them. There's our personal close friends that's going to go to hell if we don't reach them. God, help us to reach them today. Help us to have the boldness and the tenacity to, to be bold enough to trust you. The Holy Spirit will give us the power that he said he would give us when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. We thank you for that today, God. We love you surrender to you, sir. I honor you, sir, for all that you are in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I love you guys. You guys are such a big deal to me. 
and you're a bigger deal to God. I love you and I thank you. Um, I want to meet you all if I haven't met you and I want to talk to you. So, so God bless you. Have a wonderful day. I hope to see you next week. Next week, the kids are going to be here. Um, Grace is going to be speaking a little bit. So that's going to be wonderful. But it's going to be a wonderful time in the Lord. And we want you to come and just enjoy what's going to happen. Please bring your, your kids, your grandkids, your neighbor's friends. We want to have a bunch of kids in here. You know, because we're a smaller church, we don't have a large, a large kids ministry. But, but you know what? I promise you, we ain't, we're not going to not do big things for our kids because there's just, a, just not, not, uh, not very many of them. We're going to go out and we're going to serve them. We've got some incredible things to do. Um, it's going to be amazing. And we're going to go all out because kids are important to us. And we've got to show them that. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.